This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you found out that the FBI had located even more classified materials in Wilmington, which four-letter word did you use? of the internet. What will you people come up with next? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's January 24th, 2023. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals, but particularly on Rumble and Locals, because that is going to be uh, what much of the framing of today's show is all about. And as you guys know, we now do a post-game wrap-up show every day, Locals exclusive, which if you wanna join us and you can correct me, you can comment on the show, you can throw questions at me, you can noodle me, whatever you'd like to do. Noodle me, that sounded weird. Uh, You can go to rubenreport.locals.com. The theme today is going to be very much about the tech situation and how it is connected to so much of what we've been talking about lately with the WEF and all the woke nonsense and, and the usual stuff. So whether it's tech, censorship, wokeness, World Economic Forum, centralization, media manipulation, all of these things combined, and this is my, this is my thesis for today. When you combine all of these things, it's very understandable how we've led up to this real general state of confusion that most people seem to be in right now. And of course, this is directly connected to what's happening to us politically, where yesterday's liberals, actual liberals seem to be today's conservatives. Conservatives seem to be defending old school liberalism. Everything sort of seems upside down. And there's a lot of weirdness out there. Uh, But what I wanna first start with, because this is why we decided to do the show the way we're gonna do it today, is that you might find it interesting that yesterday's live stream, which I think has around 150,000 views on on YouTube, a ton of views on Rumble, uh, it was demonetized by YouTube. So first let's show you the image. So this is is a screenshot of my phone. Uh, And I'm not showing you this to cry woe is me or ask anyone for money or anything like that. I just wanna show you how there is a type of censorship, a, a soft censorship, related to demonetization and how it's connected to the World Economic Forum and we got video receipts to prove it. So what you're seeing there is a screenshot of my phone that's in the YouTube Creator Studio. And what they show you there, because yesterday we went after Queen Greta Thunberg and we also showed that video from Pfizer where the Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla, was being questioned by Ezra Levant about how the vaccines are not working. And you can see what they did there. They placed our video on limited monetization, which once you get the limited thing, that little yellow dollar sign you're seeing there, if you read some of the text there, uh, you're going to earn limited to no ad revenue. In essence, you get no ad revenue. You like, you might earn six bucks, something like that. So in essence, there's really no money to be made there. Now, of course, now first off, there's a whole bunch of things here. And I promise you, this is not a plea for money. This is not a uh, a gin and up support. This is to show you how these things are connected. 
Um, not that there's anything wrong with, with trying to make money too, because I also am a capitalist, but I'm just putting that out there uh, just to, to be said. There is a soft type of censorship, right? We think of censorship as, oh, you say something and then they blow up your account or they suspend you or something else. But there's a more nefarious in the world we live in now with so many creators out there saying what they think for a living um, and often doing a much better job than mainstream media. There's a more nefarious censorship, which is the, the demonetization censorship or the shadow banning. So shadow banning, as you guys know, it's like you put your stuff out there, you think you have a certain amount of followers and a certain set of people just don't see it. The machine decides to not let a certain amount of people see it. The demonetization censorship, I think, is probably the most twisted one because it creates a system of selective pressures for those of us that are trying to say something true. If you're just all day long putting up clickbait and nonsense and playing into the machine and giving the machine what it wants and all of those things, you're going to get an awful lot of views and then those views come with dollars because of the advertisers. But let's say you start saying something true. Let's say you start making fun of Greta Thunberg, who's worthy of being made fun of, or you go after the WEF people, or you complain about our politics here, or whatever, whatever the thing might be. It doesn't even matter what it is, and it may not even always be political. But let's say you do that, and then you start realizing that your videos are getting demonetized. Well, most people that do something like this for a living, uh, you want to create a life for yourself. You'd like to make some money while doing it, right? It's not, it's not just purely just to exist. It's that you're trying to actually build a functioning business, which I've actually done quite well, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Uh, so what they can do, though, is if they see that you're going in a certain direction, they can just demonetize you. And what you might do is go, boy, you know, I'm putting a lot of work and effort into this. I've built a company and I've hired people. We put a lot of work into all of this. And the more work that we do, even though it's good and true and honest, uh, we're not making money. So we're actually starting to lose money because you got to put money in to build, make something in the first place, right? Just doing this right now with the pipes that we're doing. I don't know what Connor's doing over there, but we have a computer. Somebody paid for that. You know what I mean? It costs a certain amount of money. So the point is when they demonetize, it's not just about the dollars. It's about their, the way that they can send the signal to you that you should censor yourself. So now watch how I link this through basically everything happening all over the world. A whole bunch of people are waking up to it. One of the guys that's waking up to it is the biggest podcaster on planet Earth and probably several other planets as well, Joe Rogan. You may remember that Joe Rogan at one time, he's had the biggest podcast in the world for about a decade. I mean, his numbers are like beyond through the roof. It's one of the reasons that mainstream media is always trying to take him out. It's not because he's really saying anything dangerous. This is a, this is an old school liberal, sort of libertarian MMA, mushroom eating, pot smoking, you know, workout doing dude who likes to eat smoked meat, okay? He's not some scary right winger, whatever that means. But the machine is always trying to take him out because he's getting more views than the machine. So they're trying to take out the competition. This is Mafia 101. Uh, Joe Rogan has realized how dangerous this situation is related to YouTube. Uh, here he is with comedian, who is this, Tim, uh, what's his name? Tim Dillon, uh, talking about what's going on over at YouTube. What's going to happen is there'll be places where people are going to say that. Like, I do, I do think that what's going to happen, YouTube is this big, big platform, right? But I, I do think you have other platforms like Rumble you do, and like Odyssey, and they're just never going to be as big as YouTube. But I think, you know, Rumble's got, what, 60 million people on there? It's not small. No, Rumble's really right? growing. They're growing huge. And, and so they're I, signing yeah. people, too. They're yeah. signing people to go over to Rumble, I which think, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so there you have the world's biggest podcaster 
engaging in a conversation, and he's done this many times about how YouTube is censoring people, and then that creates an opportunity. I would like to believe, as Joe is talking about there, that Rumble and locals are the answer to that opportunity. Meaning if YouTube is gonna censor everybody, there could be a place for independent people to say what they wish without being censored, with a fair advertising system and everything else. But now I wanna show you how the, how the machine reacts to people who fight the power. Uh, one of the guys who is just one of the ones giving the machine what they want all the time, this is something that I often talk about with the late night uh, TV hosts, you know, this is the Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel thing. They just say whatever the machine wants. The machine wants them to put on a hat and do a ridiculous dance talking about vaccines. They'll do that. They'll do anything to suck off the machine. Another guy like that is Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, of course, took over The Daily Show from Jon Stewart. It was, it was crushing it in numbers. The thing that everyone always said about The Daily Show was this is where more young people get their news from The Daily Show than anywhere else. I never really found that to be true or whatever, but that, that was the meme about The Daily Show. But obviously it was a cultural icon, whether you liked it or not. When Jon Stewart had it, they gave it to Trevor Noah. He basically turned it into a, a leftist trash bin. But now watch his reaction. You may remember uh, a couple months back, boy, time has flown. It's, it's about six or eight months ago already. Uh, when Joe Rogan was on the verge of being canceled by Spotify because a bunch of people found old videos where he said the N-word, right? And he never said it like you're an N-word. He didn't say it to be pejorative or mean or racist or bigoted. He was saying it often to mock the people who say it or quoting a rapper or something to that effect. And they tried to cancel him. CNN was trying to cancel him. Spotify was under pressure. The bots and the trolls were saying, we're gonna cancel Spotify, all this stuff. And watch Trevor Noah's take on this. This is as the whole thing was unfolding. In a society where we cost people out because the, 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 the like, as you say, the bad people are so happy for that. They're so, they like, like there was that, um, it's like another streaming platform or whatever it is. They offered Joe Rogan money, and I don't know if they would give it to him or not, but they said, come Joe, and bring all those N-word podcasts with you. Do you know what I mean? And I was going like, yo, do I, do I wanna live in a world where someone like Joe Rogan doesn't get a chance and becomes welcomed by the worst of society? Or do I wanna live in a world where Joe Rogan can say, yeah, I fucked up, and yeah, I was being full of shit, and yeah, I was playing with racism, and I up and, and, and now I don't want to be a part of that. Okay, so first off, Trevor Noah, he, he, there's like a lot of double speak in there. So it's hard to make sense of what he's actually trying to say. I'm not really sure which world he wants to live in. Trevor Noah has also, before he became the, uh, the host of The Daily Show, which he no longer is anymore. I don't, does the show even exist? Did they get anyone? Nobody knows, it doesn't matter. Um, he had all sorts of politically incorrect jokes, like, like wildly offensive jokes to certain people, right? But no one cares to, all right, say your stupid jokes, dude, I, I don't care. Uh, by the way, the, the company that he's talking about, he's talking about Rumble, of course he knows it's Rumble, and the offer that he's talking about was the $100 million offer that Rumble made to Joe Rogan, and I can tell you, as the guy that it was my idea and who wrote the actual offer that was sent to Joe Rogan, it 100% was legit, and I think it will come to fruition one day. That we'll probably have to pay him a whole bunch more, but is what it is. But the point is, you see the reaction to a guy like that. Like, the implication by Trevor Noah is Joe Rogan is a racist. And there are these companies that wanna take him and his N-word podcast and dis distribute them to a whole bunch of scary, mean, white supremacist type people. And it's like, no, that's not really what any of this was, but you are giving the system whatever the system wants. And what I think the beautiful thing about this is Joe Rogan is waking up. The people that watch his show are waking up. You guys are waking up. As I've been saying, as scary as all of the messaging from the WEF has been, 
a whole bunch of people are waking up to it. The videos destroying the WEF are getting far more views than the videos promoting the WEF. If you look at the uh, the WEF's YouTube page, I mean, imagine, th these guys are in cahoots with YouTube. Look at their YouTube page, their videos get like 4,000 views. So they don't represent any individual, they just re represent a bad set of ideas. But speaking of a bad set of ideas, one of the, uh, one of the liberals that you know I'm always working on uh, is disaffected liberal, but still self-proclaimed liberal, uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher is struggling with his own team because they no, no longer believe in diversity of thought. And Bill Maher recently was talking about where that rot comes from, and I think he nailed it. I really think, look, we, we are, I think when historians look back at our time, they will not divide us into red and blue and Republican, Democrat. They're like, the things that were wrong with us were wrong with both sides in different ways. I do think they manifest in a more dangerous way on the right. But on the left, there is a rot. And it comes from academia. Yes, and, I agree. And it filters down. Am I, am I wrong about that? That's no, where it's all coming from. I just think this is an epitome of it. This is what the mother says, and then the kid robs your money. It's quite true. The place in American society, really all Western society, where the, the horrific ideas of leftism and wokeism and collectivism, socialism, these top-down ideas, these ideas that are anti-human liberty, they're anti-the individual because they don't want you thinking for yourself, they want to think for you, these have all taken root at universities uh, throughout this country and, as I said, throughout the world. So he is getting it on that point. The, they will scream till their heads explode about diversity. But of course, as you guys know, the one diversity that they hate is diversity of thought. And this is something that I think a whole bunch of people did not, we, we just thought the thing was gonna work. We just thought, oh, you could send your kid to a school to get a degree in lesbian badminton and whatever it might be, and you'll spend a lot of money doing it, but the machine will just keep working and they'll just get a job and everything will be okay. But now after probably four decades of this indoctrination, we are seeing the fruits of that. And you have to give credit to the socialists. You have to give credit to all of these people who said, we will start at the schools and we will indoctrinate youth. And does that sound a little something similar to uh, what's going on with all these uh, trans drag shows or, or drag queen drag shows, kid drag shows, whatever the hell's going on over there? Like you get them young, you confuse them with bad ideas young. You show a six-year-old, a dude in a dress, dancing around saying crazy things and it's not, it's just to confuse them because a confused mind is, is fertile ground to a, to a, a solid, uh, a stolen rest of your life, something like that. Uh, anyway, even Bill Maher, as he has come around on all this stuff, he's still not voting Republican, right? He's not quite getting there on that, but he is addressing the problems. And there is value in someone on that side of the aisle who some of these people will still listen to, because although many of them are brainwashed, there are still some good people out there and we can shift them. Uh, he has been talking about how if they ever come back, uh, with mandates that uh, he is not going to let them deal with his own personal health. I do not want to be dictated. There is no the science, especially in yeah. medical science. You can recommend whatever you like, but I must insist you don't insist how I handle my health. I never was... Yeah. Okay? No, I... No. Uh, Obama... Obama told me, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Well, I did and I do.
And my doctors, I know many of them, say very different things because doctors are afraid to speak out. Okay, so now I want to show you how I'm linking this to where we started at the show today. So we started the show today with me showing you that we did a live stream yesterday talking about Greta Thunberg and talking about Albert Borla, the Pfizer CEO, and exposing these people for the frauds that they are, right? We then got demonetized by YouTube. So a guy like me could go, maybe I don't want to hit those topics again. You know what I mean? Like, I want to make as much money as possible. I want to grow my company, do the things that I want to do with my family and my life. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna stop uh, because we've built the right uh, pipes right here to, to keep going. But now I wanna show you how that is connected to what we just talked about. Because when Bill Maher is talking about, I don't wanna be coerced, well, a year ago, if you talked about medical coercion on YouTube, you would be demonetized. If you talked about how uh, perhaps mutilating the genitals of children was a bad idea, you might be, be, be demonetized. And these ideas are all coming from somewhere. So now get this. This is video just from the last couple of days in the World Economic Forum. Here is a guy by the name of Richard Edelman. He is the CEO of the world's largest public relations firm known as Edelman. And here he is telling businesses to deprive social media platforms of money if they spread disinformation. So I think the first thing that, because um, I mostly work with business, that business needs to do is deprive um, platforms that spread disinformation of oxygen. Stop advertising. Pull your promotion money. Make sure that they understand that they have a consequential impact on society. And the boycott of Twitter for several months has had a modest, modest impact. But I think the Facebook one failed. And but the necessity of getting it right in the platforms that are probably primary source information for a third to 40% of people is urgent. All right, you guys are wise, so I think you can see what I'm doing here. That is the CEO of the most powerful public relations firm on earth at this globalist conference telling them to go home and tell your companies not to advertise on certain platforms for misinformation. Now it's interesting, I don't think he's talking about CNN, even though CNN has spread the Russia hoax and Jesse Smollett and Kavanaugh's a rapist and Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist and the list goes on and on and on. You guys get it, okay, fine. But it continued at the World Economic Forum. Uh, here is video of European Union Commissioner Vera Jourova explaining how Twitter and Elon must comply must comply, that is very scary, must. Our message was clear, we have the rules which, has to, which have to be complied with and otherwise there will be sanctions. <laughs> I think that uh, the confidence has been weakened and I, I had quite high level of confidence when it comes to Twitter. I have to say that we worked with knowledgeable people, with the lawyers, with the sociologists who understood that they have to behave in some decent way, not to cause really big harm to the society. I always felt that this, this notion of responsibility was there. So this is what I don't feel from uh, Elon Musk personally. It's rather extraordinary. I mean, when these people, when they say something, 
everything that they say is the reverse of the truth. That's like the Trudeau Gavin Newsom situation. Everything they say, just listen to what they say and assume that the reverse is true. She, she wants Twitter to behave responsibly. Well, Twitter was silencing the Hunter Biden laptop and Twitter was hiding uh, the COVID skeptics by shadow banning and banning people outright and suspending accounts and all of those things. So you see how this is connected to where I started today? Let's show that image again. Do you think that there might be something going on there? The World Economic Forum is meeting. They're very angry at Twitter because Elon's letting people talk, but they're also bringing on big, powerful PR people to tell companies, make sure you don't send money to things that aren't in line with us. And then some little crazy guy, some real nutbag with a lot of hairspray in Miami, Florida says, I will keep going despite what you lizard people demand. And that's where we're at with this thing. But it is not just information that they are trying to control. You know this, they are trying to control every facet of your life. They wanna control your language. They wanna control your thought. They wanna control your medical decisions. And now is becoming more and more obvious, and this might be the top one for them, they wanna control your energy. Uh, here, let's go back to Davos and the fine work once again of Ezra Levant and the team over at Rebel News who are just doing absolute bang up job over there. Uh, here they are questioning John Kerry. And you remember John Kerry, he's our, is he still, is he considered our climate czar? Is that his title? I think the man is our climate czar, which is complete Orwellian drivel. Uh, this is a guy who flies private all over the place. As I said on the show a few days ago, he married Teresa Hines. So he married into big ketchup money, okay? Uh, he's very, very rich. There is no doubt he has several gas stoves and he has his private chefs and he has his private planes and multiple houses. And he also looks like a tree from Lord of the Rings. What's the name of the tree again? Enitz? Ents. Ents. He looks like Enitz. Is Ents all the trees or is there a specific tree named Ents? Ent is the type of tree. Okay, good to know. He looks like an ent from Lord of the Rings, half man, half tree. Here's John Kerry being questioned by the good guys over at Rebel. Secretary Kerry, do you think that the high price of natural gas is actually a helpful thing to get uh, people to transition to a green economy? I'd love to talk about it, but I just can't do it How on the run. Uh, justify being here when you yourself take private jets. Can you answer that? But you've taken a private jet before. No, but you've taken a private jet before to collect a climate climate change award. You have done that. I fly commercial exclusively. I fly commercial exclusively. This is such a lie. They lie everything and I am not begrudging them their private flights. They're begrudging you your modes of transportation. If you're rich and you got a plane, that's awesome. I'll say it right here. I would love to be rich enough one day so that I could have a plane and only fly private. It would be wonderful. Flying commercial is a nightmare. People are not good anymore. That's a thing. It was much, much worse under COVID. People have gotten a little bit better but everything being equal. Would you guys like to fly private or commercial? For now on, when we do Ruben Report adventures, private, everybody wants private, okay? What, yeah, they're just trying to kill the environment over here. Uh, but he's a liar and a fraud and good work by Rebel, of course. Uh, but here, let's continue because they want to control 
energy. Think about it. Once they can control energy, like it's one thing, you can control information and you can get people to believe a lot of bad things. But then if you can get people, if you can control energy and you can get people not to go outside as much, not to eat this or that as much, not to do certain things, they want to control every facet of your life. So here is video of Biden Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. And here she is trying to sell incentives to get us off gas stoves. And uh, I normally don't lead a clip like this, but I'll just say fat chance lady. Let's talk about stoves, because the big energy story over the last couple of weeks has been uh, my gas stove. I'm a gas stove okay. owner. Can I say that is so ridiculous, that story, because <laughs> okay, it well, sounds like well, the government's coming in to take your stove. That is so not true. That is just not okay. true. And in fairness, the science on this is well established. There's nothing new here about the health risks posed by gas totally, stoves. Totally. And as I did a little poking around, I discovered that the government right now is Department of Energy. You want to electrify your buildings yes. and remove natural gas right. as a fossil right, fuel. Right. First off, let me just deal with that quote unquote journalist. I don't know who he is. I suspect I'll never play another clip of him, but he is an absolute total tool. He starts the segment by saying that he has a gas stove. Uh, and then a moment later, he says the science is well established on this, meaning the health risks about having a gas stove. So is he an effing idiot? Dude, you're killing yourself. But I know, I know you just like to, it's nice to saute. You know, you want that golden crisp on your chicken fingers. You got to have that gas stove because on electric, it's hard to get that crisp, hard to manipulate. God, these people are awful. Okay, so Jennifer Granholm, real quick. Jennifer Granholm, if you don't remember her, she was one of the hosts. Remember I told you guys the other day that Al Gore had a television station after he became vice president. Uh, he used his connections as vice president to get a television station that he created. It was called Current TV. It was an utter failure. Nobody watched it. But he got it on all these cable channels because he leveraged his power as vice president to do that. Because if you want to create a cable channel, the real thing is getting on the cable systems, getting on Comcast, getting on DirecTV, et cetera, et cetera. So he used his power that he had as VP to do that. He creates a failure of a channel. Nobody was advertising on it. Nobody was watching it. Uh, and then he ends up selling it for $500 million to the government of Qatar. He sold it. It became Al Jazeera. America, which then folded, Glenn Beck tried to buy it, but he would have rather sold it to the number two exporter of oil than to scary right-wing Glenn Beck. How am I relating this to watching that woman? She was a host on that network, interestingly, Jennifer Granholm was. Uh, when she tells you that this is a ridiculous story and they're not coming for her stove, you must understand this is not a ridiculous story and they are coming for your stove. And it's partly because of tools, just utter tools like that quote unquote journalist who sits down with her, admits he has an electric stove, says he knows the science on it. He never talked about the science. I have no doubt, no doubt. If you went to ever, I don't know who this guy is. It does not even matter. But if you looked at the entire catalog of his life's work, he's never been concerned about gas stoves before. But the machine sends a signal and all the NPCs go, okay, I don't like gas stoves either. Not gonna get rid of my gas stove, but okay. They don't do. uh, Here's Grant Jennifer Granholm talking about how uh, it's the Republicans who are screwing everything up. He will not allow the American people to suffer because of the backwards agenda that House Republicans are advancing. That's interesting, lady, because until, uh, what was it, about, uh, oh, about 23 days ago or so, uh, it was the Democrats were in charge of the whole freaking thing. 
Uh, now she's very concerned that the Republicans, the mean Republicans, are gonna destroy everything. However, it's been the Democrats in charge who tanked the economy and got us into the war, non-war in Ukraine and wrecked the border and a whole bunch of other stuff. But what else? How is this all connected? The censorship, the censorship, whether it's outright silencing you or whether it's demonetizing you, changing the way you think, whether it's uh, deciding what you can cook on and what you can drive. And again, none of these are things that they will incorporate into their own lives. It's always about control of you, whether it's speech or medical health. We talked about the COVID part of this energy. Uh, it all boils down to the next thing that they're going after. And this is gonna be a bigger and bigger one. Yeah, you got it. It's the second amendment. They are going to try to come for your guns the same way that they are coming for gas stoves. This is not a crazy conspiracy theory. I don't need to scream it like Al Gore screams everything. He doesn't, he's lying about everything. So he needs to emote in a crazy way. I'm just telling you how it is. And I think you all know it. They want your guns, right? So as you guys know, there was the, uh, well, as you probably know, there was another shooting. Uh, there were two shootings in California over the last week or so. Uh, and Gavin Newsom, you know, you never let a crisis go to waste. Gavin Newsom, who I believe is a lizard person. People often say to me, Dave, what do you mean? He's a, you think he's a lizard wearing a human skin? That's crazy. And, and yes, I believe that. I've now come to believe that he is a lizard person sent here from another planet to ruin San Francisco, ruin California, and his ultimate goal is to ruin the United States. And I will not allow the lizard person to do it. And at the end of the movie, you know, the White House is burning and there I am and you know, my hair is this way and, and I rip his face off and I see the lizard person and then he's laughing <laughs> because he set off a bomb that he has on his arm, like a nuclear bomb. And then I have to, wait, I'm doing Predator. That was in Predator. But okay, the point of this is Newsom's a bad dude, number one. He wants your guns, number two. I mean, the, the Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pack, it feels like. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, and that's the only question the community wants. So how do you get what about, what about our kids when they're going to school? Um, what more can we do? And, you know, again, I, I, we look at that all the time. I mean, I, we did another half dozen gun safety bills last year. We'll continue to find whatever loopholes we can. We'll continue to lead the national conversation on gun safety reform. And the data bears out it works. It saves lives. California's 37% lower gun death rate than the rest of the nation. And yet, with all that evidence, no one on the other side seems to give a damn. They can't get anything done in Congress. I know you all noticed this, but evil lizard man there, he had four armed security guards. There is no doubt, 100% certainty, those are armed security guards. As he has to walk around the shithole of whatever city that is. I don't even know what city that was. Do we know what even, that was LA? So he was in LA. Oh, so it was a literal shithole. Um, he has to walk around LA with four armed security guards because he doesn't want to get accosted. He doesn't want to get shot. He doesn't want to get spit on or injected with fentanyl. I would assume there's crazy people running around just injecting people with fentanyl, probably running the Democrat party over there. Uh, so what he wants to do, even though these shootings are never, these shootings are never, I don't know that there's been one mass shooting in the history of the United States that was ever done by a member of the NRA. There have been several moments where good guys with guns have stopped people that are doing mass shootings. And it turns out that the good guy who has proper training with firearms and everything else uh, stops the guy. But what he wants to do is he believes that there is violence. And the only way that you stop violence is you stop people from being able to protect themselves. It is a mental disorder that only an authoritarian lizard person 
could possibly have. But, ladies and gentlemen, even in dystopian Los Angeles, a place that is like adjacent to hell, there are a couple good people left. <laughs> Phoenix was like, it's true, it's true, it's adjacent to hell. Um, there are a couple good people left. Uh, so in the aftermath of one of these last two shootings, here is LA County Sheriff Robert Luna talking about how California has every gun law known to man, and perhaps it's not about more laws. Gun violence needs to stop. There's too much of it. Uh, we're all standing here tonight because uh, an individual uh, took a weapon and did the damage that we've talked about without repeating it. I, I think all of us uh, um, need to take some ownership there. I think we really need to go back and, and look at what we do. Uh, California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, but yet look what we just had today. So let's look at across our nation, see what works and what doesn't. But I could tell you this, the status quo is not working. Okay, so note, he didn't call for new gun laws. He acknowledges that California has some of the strictest gun laws. Chicago, the city, has some of the strictest, if not the strictest in the entire country. Can we get how many people were shot in Chicago this weekend? We haven't done that in a while. That's a, always a fun one. Um, and they always are trying to take the guns then from the good guys in Chicago who want to be able to, say, protect their house, property, family, you know, that sort of crazy thing. Uh, but what he talks about there is not say, let's go get the guns because the, the, we have the gun laws. It's that there might be something else going on here across our nation. Do you think it might have something to do with mental health? You remember when that, when that crazy person shot up those 20, I think it was 22 kids and a couple teachers in Texas. Remember that a couple months ago? And then Joy Reid dare goes on her show the next day and says it has nothing to do with mental health. As if, an, as if a mentally healthy person could ever walk into a school and do sort of, that sort of thing by the very definition, by any sane definition of mental health, of course the person was not mentally healthy. 30 people were shot in Chicago this weekend. Seven died, seven died, so that's pretty average for Chicago. Uh, but what do we do with all of this? What do we do with all of this as we watch them try to censor you and we watch them try to inject you and we watch them try to take your gas stove and your gun? Well, you know what you have to do? You have to go on offense and you have to go on offense early. You have to find the root of the problem and go after that. And shocker, guys, I got one that's gonna knock you out of your chair. That's what we're doing right here in Florida. So as you guys know, wokeism and critical race theory and this, this completely dishonest assessment of history 1619 project that the United States was founded on racism. We are the least racist nation in the history of the world. Yes, right now we are. There is no place with less racism than the United States. Uh, especially when you factor in all of the people from all walks of life who came here and it basically has worked until these woke freaks have decided to, to burn it to the ground, but we ain't gonna let them do it. What do you do? What do you do when they're importing all of these bad ideas? Well, w earlier in that clip that we showed you of Bill Maher, he talks about it at the college level, right? At the college level, they came in and they took these 18-year-old minds and they turned them from de being decent, hopefully somewhat productive members of society or at least future productive members of society and they turned them into mindless woke robots. But you gotta get them before college because now we know this is leaking into literally 
kindergarten and first grade with this gender nonsense and confusing kids about what sex they are and gender and all of that nonsense. So you know what's going on right here in Florida? Well, Ron DeSantis uh, is passing some laws, passing some laws not to stifle free speech, but to make sure that places of education are about education and not indoctrination. Uh, here he is talking about this AP African-American history course that was gonna be pushed in the Florida schools that he has made sure is not gonna get there, not because he doesn't want African-American history taught or an honest assessment of, the, of slavery, but he does not want politics and a dishonest assessment pushed on every kid going through our school system here. In the state of Florida, our education standards not only don't prevent, but they require teaching black history, all the important things. That's part of our core curriculum. This was a separate course on top of that for advanced placement credit. And the issue is we have guidelines and standards in Florida. Uh, we want education, not indoctrination. If you fall on the side of indoctrination, we're going to decline. If it's education, then we will do this course. So when I heard it didn't meet the standards, I figured, yeah, they may be doing serious. It's way more than that. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. And so we're on, that's the wrong side of the line for Florida standards. We believe in teaching kids uh, facts and how to think but we don't believe they should have an agenda imposed on them. When you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer theory, uh, you are clearly trying to use that uh, for political purposes. So they're trying to push queer theory in African-American AP courses here. So you go into this AP class, so you're in 11th or 12th grade, you think you're gonna learn about African-American history. Now I believe we have American history, but of course we can look at moments that are important to specific segments of society. They're really important to everybody. Uh, but we could obviously, he, as DeSantis said right up top, we're not, we're not trying to not teach about slavery or give an honest assessment of history. But you go into that class thinking you're gonna learn about, say, slavery, and next thing you know, you find out that Harriet Tubman was bi-curious. And the Underground Railroad, there's some other lesbian joke there. You get it, guys, you get it. Enough with this, enough, it's enough. So what do you do? You go on offense, you do exactly what Ron DeSantis is doing. You go early in so that we don't have to uh, deal with this at the college level. You don't have minds that have been obliterated going to colleges where then these awful professors don't have to do much to turn these kids into Antifa, you know, trans flag waving lunatics. That is what you do. And then what else do you do now really to link this thing to the top? What we need to fight for are alternative platforms or renovate the old ones. Now, I don't know that the old ones can be renovated. I really don't know that it can work. I'm not even totally convinced that what Elon can do with Twitter will fully work. I'm, I'm the most bullish on that, certainly, and I believe that Elon can do a lot of good there, and there are some good things happening, but Twitter is still very weird right now, and sometimes the machinery might just be so broken, right? Like, I don't, Facebook is not turning around. Facebook is the Titanic, and the, the iceberg is there, and there's nothing they can do. Like, they're going down and they should go down. YouTube is going down and it should go down. These things cannot be manipulated that much because they are such monstrosities. But you can create some other things. Uh, and what you can do though is what Elon is trying. And I do wanna give him credit for this. I give him credit often, but 
even though I don't think it's doing everything it could at the moment, as you know, he's firing people left and right, and that's a good start. Here's a little something from uh, Penn Magnet. Thursday night, it was a lightning thunderstorm on Twitter, the world's most vocal social media. Elon Musk fired practically half of Twitter employees. As a result, Twitter's total strength would go from 3,000, or would go to 3,700 from 7,500. Uh, obviously, that's a couple of months ago when he took over, but you have to understand what he did was he went in there he fired these people who were mostly activists. Many of them were not coming to work. They were doing things counter to what the, the purpose of the company is, hopefully to make money and provide a decent service. That would be the idea. Uh, and why am I telling you about this now? Because when, when you have these companies that have so much power over us, and then they get staffed by the very people who have been taught gender theory in an African-American studies class and have been completely bamboozled by fake news and misinformation that they were told is the truth and all of those things, you get just a wild set of children at these companies and it's crazy. So you may have seen some of these. We, we played one of these once. There are all of these videos all over TikTok and I hope you're not on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. We do have an official Ruben Report TikTok channel on a phone. I said to my guys, we don't have to do this. Somebody decided to put it on their phone and you're probably watching right now and good luck with all of that. Um, but on TikTok, they put up all these videos, these Google employees, Facebook employees, Twitter employees, of just their day. They're just having a day at work. They're always drinking coffee and doing these things. So here is a Google product manager, Nicole Sai, showing what a day in her life as a Google employee is. And I think you'll understand why we're showing you this. A day in my life working from the Google LA office. I always grab some candy from the reception before heading in. This used to be an old aircraft hangar, so the decorations hanging from the ceiling kind of looks like an aircraft flying in. Before it was a Google office, this aircraft hangar belonged to Howard Hughes, so there's tons of memorabilia. Next, I'm gonna pass by these art installations. They're a really good photo op, or you can sit in there and get some work done. I'm gonna head to the coffee shop to grab some coffee and a fruit cup since I missed breakfast, and then I'm heading over to this butterfly-themed room to take my first meeting. Then I'm gonna head over to the confetti room to take my next meeting. It's so sparkly and beautiful in here. I love that a lot of our rooms are themed. Then I'm gonna grab my two favorite drinks, which is this green tea and coconut water. Next, I'm gonna go upstairs and grab some lunch. They always have pizza and a variety of different vegetables and meat. The food is always really good. And of course, everything you see in the office is free. On my way out of the cafe, I ran into a doogler, which is a dog googler, and ran into some ghosts. When they were renovating the office, there were a lot of spooky stories from the crew. So there's a whole area in the office where you can listen to them. Then I got more work done and headed over to the massage chairs to wrap up my day. Let me know what you want to see next. As Connor just pointed out, when is this girl working? Did work enter her thought during the day? And as Phoenix said, we were watching this. You're, you're 21, right? 22? He's choking. You're 22? Uh, that he said, he just said, this was everyone that I went to college with. He wisely dropped out of college, has a great gig over here. Uh, but this, this affect, this strange way that they speak. And as he said, they all got A's in high school and then they just go to these places and then they basically just become part of the machine. But you see, this is one of the things that Elon was complaining about when he walked in there. Why did he fire half the workforce? Because first off, most of them were working from home. He said that they were spending literally millions of dollars on lunch and no one was even eating the delicious food. But you can see they've created this very fake, very, uh, what would you call it? Like plastic world for these people, for these children. They are children who were ill-equipped to do anything. So it is very unclear to me. I don't wanna to make too much about this girl, but it's very unclear to me whether she ever worked. She played with the dog. 
She checked out Howard Hughes' old memorabilia. She had coffee. Well, you're not gonna believe this one, guys. She had to make a video the other day because, yeah, she got laid off. A day in my life getting laid off at Google. So I woke up to this really ominous text from my boss and I honestly had no idea what it was gonna be about. So I called her the minute I woke up and saw this and she told me to check the news and my email. So I rushed downstairs to find out that I had lost access to basically everything. I couldn't log into my email or even check my calendar. I called my boss back and we just sobbed over the phone because she was also finding out about my layoff for the first time today too. I started getting calls from a bunch of my coworkers and started finding out who else was let go on my team and some neighboring teams as well. But I think the worst part is that it seems like no one was consulted on this decision and everyone was just finding out about the layoffs at the same time. It just felt like a really bad game of Russian roulette and there was no consistency around who was let go. It was also not performance based, so it just felt really random. I opened up LinkedIn, which honestly was not great for my mental health. There were so many people who were in the same boat that were both equally as shocked and blindsided, but it did help me feel a little less alone. Honestly, I spent so much of the day crying that I just felt so tired from being sad and wanted to do something that would just make me feel better. Luckily, I have an annual pass, so I headed over to Disney because I wanted to go eat my feelings. So I started off with a cinnamon galaxy churro and then went to the teriyaki turkey leg. This is a special limited edition item for the Lunar New Year celebration at Disney California Adventure. I had some Rice crispy, a corn dog, did some drawing, and even had another churro. I don't really know what's next for me, but I'll be vlogging my journey and posting more content about it. So feel free to follow along. I really mean this, guys. This is genuinely psychotic. And again, as Phoenix just pointed out, this is a ton of people. Like, I'm not just taking this random girl. And put, this is what an entire industry has been created of, an entire generation of young people. The weird way she speaks. And who could eat all that? The two churros. What else did she have? She had the Spanish empanada and the whatever. No one can eat that much, all right? And of course, she does it at Disney. Like, the whole thing, it's just incredible. Uh, but, you know, my friend David Sachs, who, who's a, a brilliant tech guy, a uh, 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 SaaS genius. Uh, he's been on the show from the All In podcast. Uh, one of the things he often talks about is how when you go into these companies, right? So you, you go into a giant company and you start looking around and what you see is that there are a gajillion middlemen who do nothing. So what Elon did and what I think is now happening across the tech world is they are going in and they're firing all of these middle managers, these product managers like this Nicole girl, meaning you don't really do anything all day. You sit there with the camera in your face, drinking your fancy latte, but you're not actually doing work. Who do they keep? They keep the engineers, they keep the architects, right? They keep the people who are keeping the lights on, who are building the product, but they're getting rid of all of these people. And I love how she says, nobody was consulted. We weren't even consulted when we all got laid off. Like they were gonna sit down and be like, guys, you're all doing jack shit. We're getting rid of you. Like that's in essence what they did. They just did it via a text or something. But this thing about like, you know, it's ironic, I guess at some level, look, I talk to a camera for a living and, and you guys know an awful lot about me and it is what it is. But this, this like bizarre obsession with the minutia of every moment of your life and how many churros you ate. I had two churros yesterday. I didn't make a video about it. Anyway, the entire tech industry right now is getting rid of people like this and I think that is a sign for good. For the tech giant's global workforce, an email more worrying than surprising. 
We hired for a different economic reality than the one we face today, the company's chief executive told them, announcing 12,000 jobs will go, its workforce to shrink by 6%, the cuts spread across regions. It's Google's biggest ever round of layoffs, and yet it's a common story in a sector that surged through the pandemic. Google's workforce pullback follows this week's Microsoft announcement, 10,000 jobs to go, nearly 5% of its workforce. Amazon has cut 18,000 jobs. And late last year, Facebook's parent Meta shed 11,000 positions. That's 13% of its people. Still big, but for now, big tech is shrinking. All right, this is good, guys. This is good. The giant top-down machine of big tech that was connected to government and connected to the World Economic Forum ideas and all of these things, it's starting to shrink. Some of the useless people like that girl are starting to go away. And then if you can get some good people in to own the platforms and to really fight for the right principles and return us to the internet that maybe we all thought we were getting on 20 years ago when we were all getting on MySpace, you know, and it was supposed to be this fun thing and you could communicate with friends and whatever it was before it became this censorious monster, like that would all be good. So you have to build it. Twitter 2.0, Elon is doing that. And as I said, I think there's some struggles there, but he's absolutely doing it. You have to do what we're doing with Rumble. And then you have to do it at a societal level. What's going on here in Florida? We have to rebuild what the, the ethos, what the story, what the purpose of the United States was. And that's exactly what we are doing here. And then you know what happens, as I often talk about, if you do the right thing, if you fight for what's right, the truth is you can't stop it, it's there. And people start recognizing it. That's why the other guys were always screaming. Really that Al Gore clip of Al Gore, you know, just ranting and raving about the oceans boiling, whatever. He's emoting like that because he's a liar and a buffoon, so he needs to up it. This is what they've done on TV and what the left has done with almost everything, why they're always crying and they care about feelings more than anything else because the facts and the truth are against them. Uh, but if you do the right thing, which is something that Elon Musk did, he did uh, against all odds. I mean, the entire machine tried to stop him from buying Twitter. He bought Twitter. And then you know what happened? We showed you this one. This is from about three weeks ago. Uh, he goes to talk to our military and, and watch the reaction to him. And, and just think how different this would be if, say, this was, I don't know, Bill Gates. Yeah, so they appreciate it when you do the right thing. And this would be my message. We just got a couple more clips for you to bring this thing home. Elon Musk is a disaffected liberal. As he said, until this last election, he had never voted for a Republican as far as he could remember. So he is mostly a liberal. Now the media treats him like he's a far right maniac, right? And he has said he's gonna support Ron DeSantis or at least would support Ron DeSantis if he was to run. Um, but the other disaffected liberals, they've got to come around. You either have to vote the right way or fight a little bit harder or something because it's you, it's you liberals that will need a refuge, right? It really is. Uh, so Bill Maher, once again, man, I'm, I'm trying with you. I'm trying with you. I drank some tequila for you I, on your, uh, on your birthday, texted you about it. Okay. Uh, we need these liberal positions to be adjusted 
or, or at least the liberals behave a little more liberally. Here's Bill. More I mean, and more, you look at these curriculum, it's all about that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's that, all about thing. identity. It's all about being queer or trans. I mean, children can't understand that stuff. Not in kindergarten. Most of these people who are making the argument we're making are liberal people who think it's a great thing that in America now anybody can actually be whatever they want. And of course, trans is a real thing. Rare, but real, but rare. That part seems to be, we all seem to have to pretend that we're born I don't know, jump ball. I don't know. And, and there are parents, and I've, I've seen it in South Carolina even, where they're bragging about their children at four or five or six transitioning. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They haven't let the natural uh, process happen. And I think yeah. the Biden administration is all in on that. All right, so once again, uh, you guys, I know some of you get frustrated when I play these more clips because a lot of you go, yes, Dave, he gets it every now and again. A broken clock is right twice a day. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, but he isn't going to vote Republicans. And even there, at the end, he blames Biden for some of this, but he obviously voted for Biden in the last election. So I mean this with love and respect. I'm going to keep working on you, Bill, because there is an off-ramp for you and the people like you. And that off-ramp is a place like Florida. That off-ramp is other tech. That off-ramp is not voting for Democrats anymore. And I think what will go down, because I think I'm going to be right the more time goes on, what will go down is one of my proudest moments on camera ever was when I was on Bill Maher's podcast and I basically got him to admit that even a guy like him, a lifelong lefty Hollywood liberal, could move to Florida if shit gets worse in communist California. If California yeah. says, I have to take shots and DeSantis says, I don't, Hello, Florida. That's what I'll say about DeSantis. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He really is. And he doesn't care but whether you smoke weed, and he doesn't care who you marry. Just He doesn't. But to sound like the uh, voiceover at a movie that's coming out soon, shit just got real. <laughs> but like for me, yeah. personally, really, yeah. shit just got real with that. Yeah. And that's, that's I in my it. mind. Dude, I left this right. place because of it. So that's the interesting part. It's like everyone has their threshold. Everyone has their moment where shit gets real, right? Everyone has their moment. For him, it's when they come after his body. Now, now he doesn't have kids. So maybe he can tolerate the stuff that he's allowing to be voted in in Los Angeles where he lives and in California more broadly and across America because he doesn't because intellectually he doesn't like the woke stuff and he doesn't want boys turning into girls and he doesn't want you know a bunch of white kids hating themselves because of the color of their skin uh, but but he doesn't have mu that much skin in that game the, the game that he does have skin in and I actually don't mean this in a judgmental way but his skin is in his life right and when they come to inject him one more time uh, you know he may not care that much about gun laws because he's rich and has a certain set of security that the average person doesn't have. And I think that's connected to the overall overarching sort of mental state of the liberals. Their positions these days, and again, I wrote a book defending classical liberalism, right? I did. Don't burn this book. It's pretty solid. Um, but liberals have failed liberalism. There might be a reason for that. And I'm just gonna keep working on these people, but I think you see, we must build all new things. And guess what? It's happening at a government level or at a societal level here in Florida. And it's not, it's not just Florida, by the way. There's a lot of good things happening in Iowa and Arkansas and Texas and Tennessee and South Dakota and many other red states. But we have to do it at a technological level. That's going on with Rumble and locals. You have to do it in your own community. 
you really do like, like if you, whatever it might be, if your local grocer, literally your local, like local grocery store, if they've got all the signs outside about trans lives matter and we hate nobody except everybody or whatever their hate, whatever their signs say, it's like, don't go there. Drive a little bit further to go elsewhere. Don't force them to close or anything like that, right? It would be, it would be a sort of offshoot version of the, the gay baker or the, the cake story. It's like, I didn't want to force the baker to bake the cake. You can get a cake elsewhere. You can get a cake delivered. Use your freedom to either move if you don't like that community or build a better product or become a cake baker or whatever you want to do. That is my message to you on this Tuesday. Uh, if you have not subscribed and I have not made my point clear today, I don't know what to tell you. Please go to rumble.com. Hopefully you're watching on Rumble right now. Rumble.com slash Ruben Report and subscribe right there. Uh, we got a post-game show coming up momentarily at rubenreport.locals.com. Part one of my interview with former head of the CIA and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is up right now. We leave you. I apologize in advance with Kamala Harris and I will see you in about 52 seconds. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.